Welcome, listeners, to Snakes on a Plane, a friendly and relatable podcast hosted by Patrick Chung and Thomas Kwok. We are two Australian-born Chinese here to talk about growing up in the West. We aim to entertain you and lighten up your day with relatable anecdotes and thought-provoking discussions in each episode. Without further ado, it's time to unleash the snakes on a plane. Hi, I'm Patrick. And I'm Thomas. On this episode, we'll be discussing what methods have you picked up to deal with stress or depression? No, oh, that one's a big one. That one's a big one. Do you want to start? Yeah, I'll start. Uh, one of the things that I definitely picked up, and it's from a lot of reading, because I do prefer to read, and that's a way I deal with stress is to read. Um, I read the news, I read novels, I read uh, non-fiction books. I do read occasionally the odd uh, biography as well. And one of the things I did pick up, and I, this was part of our sports episode, was that hey, if you do some ex- if you do some exercise, it can help with like anxiety and depression and and things like that. So I didn't really do much of that when I was in high school, but I started picking it up pretty much I think after my post uh, my, my undergrad after I finished my undergrad. Mm-hmm. Did you feel much stress or depression type things when you were uh, growing up in primary school, high school? I felt I was a bit stressed because of the, I guess, the obligations of high school. And then I also had a lot of extracurricular activities after school too. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty much, I didn't really have a break. And I guess for me to, at just at least during school time, my stress reliever was more just watching cartoons in the afternoon. Okay. No, I didn't really feel stress in, in primary school, high school. Not until I went into uni. I guess year 11, 12. Having to like get into uni, that was the most stressful thing I experienced, I think. But otherwise, I had a really carefree childhood, I like to say. Oh, yeah, that would have been, <laughs> I would have loved that. I was like, you must perform a musical instrument, you must do sports, you must do, you must learn different things. And I went, okay. So I was really crammed. Oh, wow. So I was really crammed in into, into pretty much a lot of extra, extracurricular activities after school. So like my freedom was during the weekends. Yeah. So what what musical instruments did you pick up? Uh, I played the piano yep. when I was in primary school, mm-hmm. and then in when I moved over to the other school, I remember this. I put three op. You had to go pick three options. So I picked the stereotypical pi- piano, violin, and and then because of Sailor Moon, I I picked the flute. Oh wow, that's interesting. And then I was flute. I haven't I haven't seen any guys playing the flute before. No, but uh, I learned how to play the flute. It's been a long, long time. Don't ask me to play it because I can't remember, <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't remember some of the keys. Um, at least I know how to read music, so I can I can get away with it. But it's been a long time. I'd be probably surprisingly off key. Uh, but okay. But I feel like actually the flute is a lot of like breath technique. So because I'm doing a lot more exercise and built, built up my cardio, I feel like I could perform better. <laughs> Yeah, the reason why I asked that is, do you use like music as a stress reliever or anything like that? Uh, I tend to use music as more of a motivator for me. So yep. I don't sit down and I, I feel like if I'm listening to music, it means I'm doing something or I'm like, I try to get into the zone to when I'm working on something. But mm-hmm. granted, I probably listen to, and this, I think you probably get shocked by it. I listen to a lot of heavy metal remixes of video game music. Oh, okay. Oh, that's cool. I'm not really surprised. <laughs> You're not really that surprised? <laughs> no, because my, my music genre is quite quite broad as well. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, because when, 
whenever I talk to people, they're like, I would not expect that of you. <laughs> How about yourself? Yeah, like every Asian, I grew up with the piano. So I learned that for like two to three years, but it wasn't forced on me. I actually decided that I wanted to play it. So that was, there was no stress there. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I, I was kind of forced to play the piano because all my brothers and sisters also learned the piano, except for my athletic brother. He was the only one um, who didn't do it, but oh, okay. But he did a lot more sports in comparison. Yeah. So uh, I, I think I remember, I think one, we were at a mutual friend's place and you played the Rugrats theme on their keyboard. Yeah, I know the starting of that. <laughs> I can't claim I know how to play it. <laughs> oh, okay. Because I remember like, there's like, like, that was like the always the things, like whenever like we, anyone saw a piano, they would just know the, the Rugrats theme. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just like chopsticks. Yep, chopsticks as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so like I said, I didn't really experience much stress in at school, but I guess I did start to feel stress um, during uni. But my, my way out of it was I'd play like a good solid two to three hours of Street Fighter 4. Oh, uh, okay. That raised my adrenaline like a lot. Yeah. And I was just like mashing really crazy on... Um, so I had an arcade stick. So I'd less, uh, I release all my stress on that. Yep. Through through video games that way. <laughs> yep, that has fair enough. Uh, I I think video game was also one of my stress relievers because we could only play on the weekends because we had a bit of a curfew. I, since I was the youngest, they had much advanced, much more advanced homework, and I could still kind of get away with not really knowing uh, the inner workings because I could still coast on my Qmon acumen. <laughs> okay. Was there any other particular games you would play to relieve? No. Other video games in general don't really give me that adrenaline rush. Probably just Street Fighter 4 and Tekken. Tekken, I think it was Tekken 6 at the time. Yeah, those those give me a high, like a really high boost of energy. I usually, I usually end up like all sweaty under the armpits after that big session. <laughs> wow, that that's intense. I don't know, that was, that was just me. I don't think any other games give me that kind of rush or that high. Unless it's like Overwatch. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, but but that can that that's like a double-edged sword because it could either make you really angry and even more stressed out, or especially when you win, then it gives you like a good boost of I I guess dopamine. Yeah. How about yourself? In terms of video games that come to mind, I do play like a lot of like real-time strategy games, so like Age of Empires, Starcraft, Warcraft. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably don't play competitively, so that because that will stress me out. Uh, civilization so oh, yeah. that required a lot of planning a lot of a lot of thought and you're just trying to i guess make your civilization prosper so a lot of the thinking type games usually got got me through but during the pandemic it was a different game and i tried to get you into it but you refused <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um uh, was animal crossing no i didn't want to play animal crossing i knew it was too, too much time <laughs> which i don't have yeah that's fair I think because it's like, you know, comparison to your games, you can do a couple of rounds and then that's it. While Animal Crossing, Civilization, uh, real-time strategy games, you could just go on for hours and hours and hours. I actually didn't really like Animal Crossing until my friend introduced me. Uh, so my first Animal Crossing was on the 3DS and he wanted me to get into it because he wanted someone to talk about it with. So I was like, okay. Also a means of just keeping in touch with different people because they, they too would get Animal Crossing. And... We talk about like, oh, you know, how would you get, a, how would you go about getting a particular character, or how would you, or what did you do for your island? 
Yeah, it definitely gives you something to talk about. So you can create like a bond or friendship type thing. Yeah. Yeah, I I have to say I bonded a lot with um uh some of my friends through gaming as well. So I definitely understand where you're coming from. <laughs> but I refuse to play Animal Crossing. <laughs> yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Um, during uni, like, did you ever have like classes without any of your um usual friends? And did you ever feel like quite lonely or anything like that? Uh, during uni, I think. Going with my undergrad, mm-hmm. I think there was a time where uh, there was a split where I just wasn't with my friends anymore. Mm-hmm. It I didn't really feel that lonely because I would kind of hide in a corner anyway and just didn't really want to interact. I kind of just wanted to finish uni then head home. Yeah. So the I guess the only thing is that I had to roll the dice on who uh, if I had group assignments and that was more frustrating than anything because you'd go this is the expectations i kind of have but then if you're if people aren't doing the work then what's the point of these group assignments the what the reason why i asked that is because uh during my uni times i picked subjects that i was interested in and i didn't have friends um that were in the same classes so i don't think i was like lonely because i was um okay at making new friends so i through my social circle that way. Very similarly, I also took, a, I went to the subjects I was more interested in. And in comparison to my friends, they weren't really interested in the things I was interested in when I took my electives. So yeah, I had to go look at making friends outside and I wasn't too bad at making the friends. It just, I always just felt a bit more frustrating um, to, I always wanted to have friends in the same class because sometimes we get put in group assignments, but then yeah, they just, they just disappeared. You had to find new friends elsewhere then. So how did you go about doing that in uni? So at uni, I I guess first year in uni, I joined up to like all the clubs and societies. But I don't know if I attended all of the ones I joined up to. But I definitely returned to like the Japanese one because a bunch of my friends joined that one with me. And I did photography and I guess I meet people that way. Oh yeah. I, I guess it was, uh, you went to UQ, so it was UQ Wasabi. Yes, wasabi. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't I didn't realize my friends were in wasabi until I joined and then went to like a the second session or third session and they were like, "Oh, you're here." And then we kind of turned into a every week thing. We went to watch movies and we had Subway together. That's nice. So it was pretty cool. Yeah, so what I'm trying to say is um I guess if you feel a bit lonely at uni, join join random just uh groups and societies that you you have an interest in and you'll find people that have have very similar taste or have yeah very friendly people that are also lonely and looking for companionship <laughs> i think it's definitely plus that that physical interaction i think that's what i guess during the pandemic that's what people were missing so even though we were doing stuff online it's still just having that face-to-face conversation is always it just feels better um because i remember during my uni days it was just like go home play games online because my best friend and I would play games, but would also meet up in person. Time. Oh, okay. And he studied something completely different from what I did. So, uh, I guess yeah. all, I guess all my closest fr- all my closest friends all studied something different from what I studied. I was the same. Yeah, most of my friends did other degrees than what I did. So I had to, I guess, find different friends in new circles. Uh, are there any other methods that you use to, I guess, overcome any unwanted thoughts? Um. I do a lot of self-reflection because uh, when I was younger in during uni days, I didn't really have a lot of huge self-esteem. Mm-hmm. My uh, jobs haven't been too great and cause a lot of stress and anxiety. 
Um, and then just because I just, during school, you always get told, oh, well, you didn't try hard enough or you didn't do well. You, that's why you only got a C or a B. Mm. Uh, so, but when you're at work, it's like, oh, well, if something goes wrong, then, and if it's your fault, you kind of have that same thought. It's like, oh, I must have done something wrong. I must have, must have stopped up somewhere. Eventually, just trying to get out of that mindset, I, tried to, I read a lot of self-help books because, you know, there's things that they're, they're definitely within your control. Um, and there's some things that are definitely not in your control. Yeah. This is stuff I did learn in my undergrad. It was just that having that self-reflection to be able to do that. And I guess as well, finding a job that I enjoyed. And then I think I had a, a few jobs and that I really enjoyed. Yeah. I think finding the, the right work environment is critical. I guess a good work-life balance. Yeah. It's definitely a lot easier when you're in school. It's either you, you get a pass or a fail and you didn't put in the work effort or not and you can kind of understand school that way but after school you're kind of like left to your um i guess own free will and decide your fate whereas like can be a little bit overwhelming and you don't know what's the right career path or what's the right degree that you're gonna pick yeah i guess that causes a lot of stress that way and a lot of unknowns and everything's pretty much out of your control whereas school is quite easy it's quite straightforward you kind of know you have this homework to do, you have this assignment to do, and that's all you have to worry about. <laughs> Pretty yep. black and white. Yep. So now that you're an adult, what do you do now to, to um, release stress? Uh, I think for me, just trying to get back into exercise routines. Usually I get a bit slack after Bridge to Brisbane. Uh, then I put on weight again. I go, ah, oh, I should probably get back into doing some exercise. So I think just doing the things that you enjoy, I guess that's like the joy of living and I guess not overindulging on like the things is like, even though I enjoy eating a block of chocolate, <laughs> but yeah, then I go to the block of chocolate, and then I go, well, a block of chocolate a day is probably not the health- most healthiest. So a lot of it is then okay. Well, I know I've got to do bridge to prison. I know I've got this particular deadline. I guess having that goal in mind kind of pushes me to. Um, I guess that structure helps me deal with a lot of the stress to be able to go. Okay, I know I need to go this. Th- it helps me with my discipline. And it helps me with my stress because I go, okay, there's a goal I have in mind. And I think that's with a lot of these mini, little these mini projects I have around the house. Like I do a lot of 3D printing on the side. Um, well, it can be a pain troubleshooting them. But I guess when you were saying that you got, you had that adrenaline rush when you finished Street Fighter 4, I guess for me, if it's a stressful situation or a stressful puzzle, I'm able to, it just feels like a really strong relief once I'm able to resolve this issue that's been plaguing me. Yeah, definitely. I guess um, it's like taking your mind off things as well. Sometimes when you're, um, when you're spiraling and you're having bad thoughts and then you continue to have bad thoughts and I guess picking up a hobby or doing something useful or not, not even useful, just like a, anything like your 3D printing, um, it takes your mind off things and it gives you a new goal to do. So uh, yeah, so for me, I... When I am like, when sometimes when my mind is wandering <laughs> into like dark thoughts and stuff, I'd just go for a long uh, bike ride. Found out I, if I cycle for more than 12 kilometers, my head starts to clear up. So I have to go beyond 12 kilometers. If it's under 12 kilometers, it doesn't help at all. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. So I have to go for a long, long distance ride, then, then it'll help. All right. Do you have a route that you usually go to that clears your mind? Or is it like a, or just cycle? Just um now yeah so so now now I've now I found a route that uh, takes me to twenty five kilometers 
So I do that uh, all the time now. But if I have a little bit more time, then I do 50Ks. So I've, I found a route that takes me to 50Ks too. So um, yeah, I try to incorporate that every, every week, at least do 50Ks a week, either in one session or two sessions a week. Oh. Keeps me sane. <laughs> interesting, interesting. Okay. Yeah, or like something that's less intensive would be like um, go for a like drive up to Mount Kutha and just look, um, sit up, sit at the top at the lookout and just look at Brisbane. And generally, all my worries goes away because I'm like, oh, I'm such, I'm so insignificant. <laughs> my problems are <laughs> just, just my problems. This is a, there's like millions and millions of people down there, and everyone's living their life. Everyone has problems too, so. It's kind of good to, you know, just chill a little bit, reflect on life, like you said, take another perspective. And I, I think you might, when you also mentioned that, I was like, kind of reminded me to take a step back. Some, and you did mention as well, just take a step back. Like you might be banging your head against the wall for trying to solve this problem. But sometimes I just have to walk away. And I guess that's like knowing when you're, what your limitations are at the time. And then, then you might be able to find a solution. So an example particular podcast so we were we were recording these quite frequently trying to every every so often we tried to do too uh but then i went to talk to patrick and said look patrick i based on the schedule because it wasn't as consistent we were like oh this is like getting me a bit more uh getting me puffed out because the next day i have to go into the go into the office and i had to like wake up much earlier because i'm a bit further away from the city to my workplace patrick was very accommodating Mm mm-hmm yeah, I like how you mentioned this podcast, Thomas, because <laughs> I was going to say the same thing. So <laughs> <laughs> I think this podcast is like very beneficial because like it helps me reconnect with you as well because we kind of like drifted apart a little bit, and um, yeah, it gives us a opportunity to just talk about life and talk about our interests in a more, I guess, productive way. And it's also a way to give back to the community. I hope you listeners appreciate what we're doing. Um, if you have any, I guess, any questions or issues or anything, feel free to reach, uh, reach out to us. Uh, we'll try and answer any and offer, I guess, our take on things, but not <laughs> advice. It is all just our opinion, but it's, uh, yeah, but, our but, opinion, <laughs> but, it, but whatever it is, is that, yeah, you always try to get the best out of each opinion is, is how I always, is how I always see it, that. You can ask for different opinions, but as long as you're progressing that step forward into a better mental state um, or mental he- uh, that better's your mental health, just take the things that work best for you. It doesn't yeah, also right. put also doesn't put the detriment to another person. Yeah, so I sometimes I would yeah just binge um, on TV series and stuff, and I was like, mm, this is not very <laughs> not very good space I'm in. So I thought maybe let's start a podcast and get my use my time a little bit more wisely and do some editing and get me out of that mental spiral that happens from time to time. I guess this podcast is a way of overcoming that as well. And I recommend talking out your problems to like close friends or family. If if you have any um I guess if you have access to therapists, there's a bunch of hotlines that you can call as well. If you have if you have any anxiety issues or anything like that. I think to talk to either someone that's professional. <laughs> you can also talk to your uh, your employer. They may have some employee health services as well. Always undertake like you know your mental health is important as well as your physical health. So make sure that they're both in balance. Yeah, workplaces are generally quite supportive. 
I guess my manager has come to realization sometimes uh, he, he, he does check up on us and ask if we need like a mental health day or anything or if, yeah, if work is getting overwhelmed, do speak up. So, yeah, so I, I have taken some mental days off, which is, which is a good, which is good because you don't want to burn out. I probably am not that good, even though this is like my, what I studied, I should be taking more of these. <laughs> <laughs> and I appeared on the, uh, the naughty list that I've got too much leave <laughs> thought of, uh, but, <laughs> which is a good thing to have. Um, but then, yeah, I just needed that break because I just come off. Usually I go, this is my busy period. I can't really get away from the office and I'm the other person who knows how to do what I, what I do. So I can't just like take that time off. But I'm also thankful as well that it's um, um uh, that I can take the time off when I need to because I did recently take a month off <laughs> just to clear my head. Yep. Yeah. Don't be afraid to take like a day or two off just to clear your head. Uh, there's a very good Bluey episode that brings um mental health awareness to males. Have you seen that episode? I have not seen that episode, but the dad was spacing out um a lot during the episode, and then. I think it was Bingo, the, the daughter, was having a bad day. And then he taught her how to, I guess, relieve her stress by um, scrunching it up in a ball and throwing it out into the ocean. And then after Bingo felt pretty good after that, and he, he I guess he um, did what... What was I trying to say? He practiced what he preached. He, yes. <laughs> so he practiced what he preached. And he, he scrunched up... His whatever was on his mind, and then threw it out into the ocean, and he then he had a smile at the end of at the end of the episode. Okay, mystery topic time. Do you have one prepared? Uh, formulating one <laughs> right now. Um, <laughs> Do you want me to go first then? Yes, please. <laughs> okay. Um, my mystery topic is. Uh, do you have any anecdotes where you broke out a character and did you have any, I guess, resolutions or did you solve it? Um, or how did you, I guess, overcome that stressful time? Okay, um, so the context of the story is that yeah, there was a particular, I wouldn't say break out of character, uh, but I would be more, it was a high stress situation. I just felt I was kind of trapped and everything that I did, I guess, it felt I was doing wrong. So the situation was this, is that I was working for a company. I was doing about 12-hour days. Oh, no, sorry. I started at 8 o'clock and then I finished around 8 o'clock. Wow. That's so long. And I was also studying. So I was also, you know, on the side studying at night. A lot of it was, and I wasn't really being paid a lot. So it, was, it wasn't even like, oh, I'm doing it because I'm being paid a lot of money. It's now I'm just being paid. It was about $40,000 a year. So you think about it, it was like you're earning about severely under minimum wage. The managers saw that I was working, so I was the first one there, and the first last to leave. Just did not do anything about it. They just thought I wasn't working hard enough. Uh, and because the, the managers were Asian as well, they pushed their Asian, like their Asian expectations onto me. Like you, should, like, you should do better. You should be performing well. It put a lot of stress on me, and because, you know, it does take me a while to get to the city, and then if at nighttime, the buses are less frequent, so I would get home really late. So then I kept asking them, look, this is more than I can handle. And people end up taking leave and I had to take on their job because I had to understand what they did to be able to do it because no one else knew how to do it. 
So I ended up doing like these eight, uh, these 12 hour days. Um, eventually got to a breaking point where I was going like, I'm super stressed out. I developed a psychosomatic reaction. So whenever I get really, really stressed out, my neck actually develops into a rash now. So it's oh, kind okay. of, that's kind of a warning signal if I get super stressed yeah. out to take a step back. Yeah. So you get a physical warning, which is, I guess, a good thing and a bad thing. Yeah. So it's good that you, you know now and you can see it and it's a bad thing because you got to that <laughs> stage. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I got to that particular stage. It got to that particular point and then I end up just going like, well, what do I do in this situation? So I talked to my best friend. He said, look, I don't know what the best answer is. We're all trying to like start our career. So, you know, I think you kind of need to tough it out, but I like, you know, I think quitting is your best option. I talked to all my all my family and majority of them all said look if it's making you this upset if you're just getting really really stressed out and burnt out i think your best your best to quit on top uh, sorry i also forgot to mention they're also the managers were also micro heavy like we had to um micro um micro managing so we had to write like after what we were doing every 50 what we we're doing within every 15 minute interval um so you know uh, and if you didn't fill it out correctly, they would ask you questions. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of stupid. So I was... Spend more time picking, uh, writing a recount of what you did than actually doing the work. Yep. Um, eventually, to overcome it, I did talk to a lot of my family. Only my dad said you should just look for another job while you're in it. Uh, but I think I was also getting just like bullied and mentally abused as well. So they would say I'm a terrible person... So eventually I just got to the point of like, okay, I'll give them, after hearing all my family out, I said, okay, I'll give them one more chance because I'll go, look, maybe if I tell them like, hey, this is really getting me bombed out, maybe they'll like hold back on it. But as soon as I got in on the Monday, they just like sent an email out going like, you did a terrible, you're doing a terrible job, et cetera, et cetera. And then that's when I went, I sent an email and said, look, okay, I quit. So to get out of the situation, I just knew my limitations and I said, look, this is just now too much to get out. Um, and it's okay to quit. Yeah. Uh, because a lot of things is like, and I think that's a lot of the stigma is that, or back in the day, was you shouldn't quit. You should just persevere and keep it, keep going, no matter how bad it is. Because um, I guess that's the Aussie battler mentality, right? So it didn't feel right to quit, but when I did quit, when I actually did quit, a huge weight lifted off my shoulders because it's like I'm no longer responsible for this particular outcome. Yeah, that's very sad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's, it, that really sucks. Well, I guess it. I guess it. I guess it's made you a better person now. You know where your limits are, and you know not to take that kind of abuse. And you know, I found out later, like to replace me, they had to hire one manager. And five other casuals. So, you know, to do that job, they need six people. Yet I was by myself. At... Wow. <laughs> and I guess it's also that feeling of vindication is that I found a really good place I like now. I really enjoy it. And then, you know, I keep winning. Or I get rewarded for all my efforts and for doing what I do. What I do. Yeah, like, like it should be. And so I'm getting like these accolades. So it's, for me, I think it's like, I got out of a very bad situation. I managed to find another pl- few places that actually wanted me there and treated me right. Absolutely. How about yourself? Um, mine's not as heavy. 
<laughs> but I guess I asked that question, have you ever broken out of character? Is because I have. Usually I'm a chilled guy. I don't really get stressed or really don't show my stress too much. But um, I guess I was studying at uni and I was working part-time as a checkout chick at Woolies. So I was serving a customer and it was past nine o'clock, which is our usual closing time. And I was getting annoyed at the customer, like running back and forward and grabbing more groceries. And I'm like, we are closing at nine o'clock. Like we're ready. It's ready. Maybe it was 20 minutes past nine o'clock. Oh, wow. And I normally finish at 9.30. So it's not too bad. But, but it was just really annoying that the customer was still like trying to buy things. And I, th- I guess it was just a lot of stress here and there building up. And then the customer was really rude. I don't remember exactly what happened, but I think he ended up paying for it. And then I gave him change. And then he said that I threw the change at him. And then I got so pissed off that I almost punched him. Oh, wow. <laughs> like, I've never <laughs> but seen luckily, you. luckily... Yeah. I'm sorry, I've never seen you to get that. Like, I think you might have seen me, like, you know, get you know, really p- pissed off at sometimes, but not to the extent of, like, I punch someone. <laughs> but... Yeah, so I was I was just holding my my fists back at, and I was I I was just like I had I had to take a step back. I was like I called one of my colleagues over and said, "Um, you have to take my place, or I'm gonna do something bad." All right. And yeah, so I stepped away. I just walked away. I walked to the manager at the time, like uh, which is at the smoke shop area. So I just walked there and just like explained what happened and just like yeah. I had to calm myself down. So if I didn't have that, um, I guess, I don't think I was calm, but I knew I was going to do something terrible. And I was like, uh, luckily I caught myself and I was like, yep, called someone else out. Take my position instead. So yeah, luckily I didn't, I didn't hurt anyone. <laughs> yep. Yeah, so that was like one of the moments that I kind of broke out of my own character. I don't yep. usually escalate to that degree, but yeah, I guess it was just a stressful point. Yeah, no, definitely. And I guess as well, you know, you're doing that person a favor. You know, don't don't, don't abuse don't abuse people, other people, <laughs> just in general. Exactly. As we come to the end of another exciting episode of Snakes on a Plane, we want to express our heartfelt gratitude to all our listeners for joining us in this incredible adventure. We hope that through our discussions, stories, and shared experiences, we have brought a smile to your face, sparked your curiosity, and fostered a sense of connection. Remember, our journey doesn't end here. Stay tuned for more captivating episodes where we continue to explore Asian identity, pop culture, food, and beyond. Until then, keep embracing your uniqueness, be kind, and enjoy your day wherever you are. Thank you for being part of the Snakes on a Plane fandom. <laughs>